Hello, patrons, and welcome to our patron special for April 2018. We have survived another month in Trump's America or of Trump's America, depending on where you live. <laughs> well, you know. The- so congratulations to all of us. Well, you know what Trump's America is. It's the opposite of the Federation, which is the subject of this month's patron special. That is very true. Was that a great transition? So, that was a great transition. That was a fantastic transition. I have to say that was that was an A-plus transition. So I, 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 I kind of came up with the idea for this patron special. Um, in a lot of the talk surrounding and about Star Trek Discovery, uh, there was a not insignificant amount of commentary online, even talking to, to people in my life, that Star Trek Discovery didn't feel like Star Trek, that... Uh, it, it didn't feel like the Federation, Starfleet wouldn't act like this, you know, all these sorts of things. And I really wanted to to interrogate that idea and really sort of like go into that a little bit because Star Trek fans like to talk about Starfleet. They like to talk about the Federation. I think one of the things that people really respond to, and I think one of the things that Richard has responded to over the... Um, what almost six years almost six years we've been oh doing track about god yeah <clears throat> yeah is is the the idealism of the federation of of the the fact that the federation deals with alien cultures in good faith um that the, the you know the federation doesn't believe in evil all these kinds of things right the federation doesn't start wars etc cetera, etc cetera. but i do think also that that is also the, that that is a thing that really developed in the you know, period in the wilderness that that Gene Roddenberry was in after the original series got canceled and sort of with the the construction of the next generation. You know, the original series was certainly a, a little bit of an idealized look at the future and the Federation and Starfleet, even at that point, was not warmongering in any way, shape, or form. I mean, that is very clear in the show um, in episodes like Sitting on the Edge of Forever and episodes like Mirror Mirror. Um, and episodes like A Taste of Armageddon even. But TNG, DS9, Voyager have a very, very different kind of understanding, I think, and expectation of of what the Federation is and what Starfleet is. And then here comes Discovery, like 10 years after that, 20 years after that, uh, 10 years before the original series. But having a bit more of a i don't want to say dark because i think that word is overused but a, a bit of a, a bit of a crunchier look at the federation and starfleet and just wondering if we can kind of tease that out a little bit yeah and i and i know a lot of that does come from the fact that in the original series nobody sat down and figured what is the federation what is starfleet it's just kind of there uh the closest that we get is it's a space version of what people were talking where of what the press release for America said at the time, right? Everybody said that, oh well, America is this great inclusive country. It's the melting pot. We're all going to be happy and freedom and all of those things, and we're going to be we're the good guys. And that's where Starfleet and the Federation seem to me to be in the original series. It's not much more complex than that in a way. Uh, now, obviously, there are a lot of issues with that view of America. That's a very naive view in many ways. But 
I think that's where the Federation seems to come from. It's that extrapolated version of that coming from Gene Roddenberry's particular political and social perspective. I think that's a fair read on it, and I, I, I certainly think it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of an oversimplification, but I, I think there's some real, there's some real truth to that. And you know, I think, I think key to the development of the United Federation of Planets and Starfleet in, in the original series, and even in the movies and the, and the animated series, you know, let's throw those in there. Why not? Is is this idea of of sort of United Nations, League mm. of Nations stuff? That was a you know you have to think about the fact that in 1966 the the uh, United Nations was was only you know about 20 years old. Um, this was still a very new idea that there was a a you know inter uh, na- international force um, that was going to s- try and mediate uh, conflict before it, it, it devolved into war and. Was it has it been successful? Arguable at best. Depends on who you uh, ask. I think I, it depends on who you ask. Certainly, I, I think people in Syria probably don't think so. Um, but but I think that there are real problems in the United Nations. We don't necessarily need to get into that here. Uh, but I also think it, it kind of harkens back to this idea of like NATO and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and I think it's safe to say that the, con- the the conception of the Federation and the conception of Starfleet in the original series was, as Richard said, it was very broad. It was this vague, feel-good, apple pie and puppies idea of America, that America was a force for good in the world, that America had these ideals, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, that everybody was equal, et cetera, et cetera, and, and kind of put a science fiction spin on that in things like the prime directive for instance you know you don't go around messing around in cultures that are less developed than you um but implicit in the prime directive is a judgment what does less developed actually mean and i don't believe that the original series actually said warp capable that was something that the the next generation kind of extrapolated out from the prime directive so while the original series was, I guess, idealistic for its time, it also did have some judgments in there that are implicit. Yeah, the next generation is a much more neutral formulation of that. Uh, warp capable just means they're going to stumble upon the larger galactic society. And so if they're not warp capable, we'll let them do their own thing. We'll let them figure it out. They're not going to be influenced by other cultures because they're not receiving those things. That's just not happening. But once they go out and start meeting the neighbors, well, let's let them know a bit about what the what what the universe is like, what what things are happening, where they're going into. Do you need any help? Would you like some orientation kind of a thing? And that's when the Federation <laughs> basically right. steps in. Uh but before before that, they were kind of too young for that. And in that way, once you get warp capable, you can have you, you will have some very different societies that reach warp capability. Uh, and I think that again, I think it's a more neutral version of that one, which doesn't say this society is lesser or greater than ours. Just the society hasn't stepped outside yet, so let's not fuck with it. It's still kind of in the nursery. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And I, I think that, you know, implicit in a lot of 
you know, because I think that what's what's interesting about about talking about this is that you can really you can really see the influences of of the the larger culture and the larger society on each of the Star Trek series and how they changed or modified how they portrayed the Federation and and Starfleet because. You know, we've talked about TOS, we've talked a little bit about TNG, but TNG came from a very different point point of view, a very different place. Um, you know, the Cold War was still happening, but it was winding down to some degree, uh, arguable, but it was. Um, and, and by the time the show was in its, what, fifth season, the, the Cold War was essentially over. Uh, you also, the 80s were sort of this time, as we talked about with the TNG podcasts, um, you know, sort of a agreed as good mentality. I think you see a lot of, a lot of, uh, sort of moves away from that. TNG is really positioning itself in 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 opposition to a lot of the dominant cultural yeah. narrative and sociological narrative of the '80s. Interestingly enough, um, which is something that was not true for the original series necessarily. I think the the original series is very much like, yes, we are part of the '60s, and we are yeah. part of the '60s that is progressive. We are part of the '60s that you know, once, you know, African-Americans to, to have civil rights, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then you start moving into, into different territory with Deep Space Nine and Voyager and Enterprise even, which Richard hasn't seen. So we will, you know, divorce Enterprise from this conversation. But We're getting divorced. Enterprise is also... <laughs> but the other thing, too, is that all of the Star Treks have had their own their own view of Starfleet and their own view of the Federation. I think that's a fair thing to say. Mm. And so it kind of would make sense that discovery would, would want to put its own stamp on that. Yeah. And especially given the social context of discovery, which is the, which is in the middle of a large war. Um, Again, both DS9 and it are interested in, whether or not the Federation and Starfleet will cross certain lines that it's established that for itself once things have gotten desperate enough. Um, and, I, again, I know both DS, you know, DS9 does get some flack of, well, this is a darker take on the Federation than we would like. It, it, it does point out some of the flaws with it, just as I think... Discovery po- it, Discovery is less about pointing fl- out flaws or short-sightedness in the Federation, and I think it's more about suggesting that certain temptations are too great even for some something as good aligned as the Federation. Once things get bad enough, it's really hard to not cross lines, and it does take a massive amount of uh, integrity of one's values to st- – day there um i mean i'm thinking about the voyager episode we just watched uh nothing human which is the uh nazi experimentation episode which ends with the the doctor recognizing that yes we may be very high-minded we may say that this research we can never use but let's be honest with ourselves we're going to use it if things become bad enough and so we actively have to destroy it to remove that temptation um I think Discovery maybe allows the Federation to be tempted a little further than that, and uh, it really is the character of Michael Burnham who is the one who does hold on to the integrity and is able to prevent the rest of the Federation from being cor- uh, that corrupt. I think that you know now with a little 
distance from that series. I think that's where it's trying to go with it. I'm not sure if I how I feel about the fact that you do need somebody to make rousing speeches to remind the Federation that you shouldn't commit war crimes, for example, but. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. And I I think that's actually a good segue into the kind of the other part of this, which is that um, does discovery make sense kind of in, in line with how we understand the Federation of, of the original series, series era, because, and and I think it does, and I think it doesn't. But but there's it's hard, right? Because I think the original series and Discovery, it's kind of interesting in a way that the two Star Trek series that take place the closest, um, you know, kind of in time to the original series are also the ones that are so far apart uh, artistically. I mean, you know, television in the '60s and television in the 2010s are yeah almost completely unrecognizable from one another. And there is a, a real sense of, okay, this has to be a bit more realistic. This, whatever that means, whatever your understanding of realistic is, there has to be more of a verisimilitude here. Uh, characters have to be not as broadly sketched. There has to be narrative development. There has to be an ongoing storyline. You know, things cannot be siloed from episode to episode. And and all of that is going to inform the ways in mm. which the original series and Discovery portray the Federation. At the same time, looking at it solely from the point of view of Star Trek in-universe canon, it's hard to say, I think, if the the version of the Federation and the version of Starfleet in Discovery, which are contemporaneous with the cage, for instance— yeah. Uh, are the same? Would we even want them to be the same? I, I guess that's kind of my question. Like, is it a problem if they're different? I, I don't, I don't think it is. But yeah, I'm, I'm willing to be convinced otherwise. I mean, in general, the original series is a lot less interested in the Federation. It's it it it. it the Federation exists largely because Captain Kirk has to be affiliated with something. And, again, it's broadly taken from the what America thinks about itself when it's feeling good about itself and what's on the bumper sticker. And that's all the Federation needs to be because the focus of the original series is largely the strange new worlds and the weird characters that they meet and – uh, what's going on on the ship and, you know, this crew and all of those things. Um, Next Generation was still w- – w- w- Next Generation comes along. It is still interested in the strange new worlds and all of that. It has a little more of a setting of what the Federation means because you have 20, 30 years of fanon happening. You have – uh, different ways of writing TV, that stuff was a little more fleshed out in general than it had been in the late 60s. And then Deep Space Nine comes in, and now you've had a couple of shows, and it wants to look at this world that it's created. By that, by the time of Voyager, you've got the Federation pretty well established. Um, Discovery is also pretty interested, and, and, by, and by the time of Discovery, it's interested in the Federation and all of that, but it's not really interested in the st- strange new worlds. I would say that the Strange New Worlds have the same role in Discovery as the Federation does in the original series. It's kind of an excuse to tell what it's really interested in. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I agree with that. I mean, I think that that in some respects that makes me realize or, or, or think that perhaps TOS is really the outlier here. That yeah. that at this point, I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say that that the original series is. I think for for someone coming into Star Trek now, the original series is is an extremely hard sell. Yes, um, it I is. Had, <laughs> as as Richard well knows, if you want to hear about how much of a hard sell it is, just go back and listen to our original series podcast. Um, you know, Richard really struggled with the original series, yeah. and which you know I, I don't blame him for, and I don't blame anyone for not finding '60s television all that enjoyable to watch sometimes you know i think that the original series is is probably honestly 65 70 percent crap yeah um but but there's there's a real core there which persisted and and stayed relevant and and loved beloved by people for for over 50 years i mean there's a reason why we are recording this the star trek podcast in the year 2018 uh instead of I don't know, a Lost in Space podcast. Um, Doctor Who cast. By the way, look for... Who about by, by Richard the way, look forward to our new Lost in Space podcast. Oh, no. Yeah, Doctor Who, I just... Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't get on board with Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, but again, once again, though, it's, it's almost looking at it wrong, right? Because people, I think, are trying to square the circle of does Discovery make sense with the original series? And... I don't really think it does, honestly. I mean, not in the in the in the broad strokes it does, but but in the details it certainly does not. But but the original series was was not that detailed on a world building level. You know, Discovery is trying to build a world that really didn't exist before. Yeah. Um I don't think that Discovery hewing to the ways in which the original series built its world would have been a satisfying show in 2018. Now I find discovery unsatisfying for other reasons, but it's world building is not necessarily one of them. Yeah. I, 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 I think why I didn't like discovery was like when I say discovery didn't quite feel like a star Trek, it's not because of the view of the Federation. It's not because of the fact that it's a very dark series, but the fact that, but the fact of the structure, by the way that the episodes are told, again, I to me, Star Trek is about going to different planets or meeting weird characters and getting new situations week after week. And if there's a larger story, fine. But again, I think we were we were alienated by the pile of events nature of it. But yes, yes, for sure. And but I also think that then in a large way, I mean, Discovery is a very difficult show to, to wrap your head around in terms of, of how it how it kind of I think engages with star trek and is kind of set apart from it at the same time um and and we will talk more about this when we get to enterprise but it's it's kind of fascinating to think about the fact that at the time star trek enterprise was conceived uh and in its first season star trek enterprise did not air with star trek in its title Um, really it it was just called enterprise for its first season Mm. maybe its first two seasons even and that is a fascinatingly instructive thing because that indicates that the the setting of Star Trek was so 
toxic to a broader audience at that point or people thought it was that they needed to not even remind people that it was a star trek show discovery is not that which i find absolutely fascinating because discovery is less of a show and more of its creative staff's interrogation of the ideas of star trek and i don't know that you can really look at discovery in isolation yeah i i think that a lot of my problem with discovery in terms of its first season had to do with the fact that well a it 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 was trying to question or or make the federation uh, really live up to its ideals in a way to sort of sort of question the, the the reliance of the federation on its ideals Without really doing any of the groundwork, it was really relying on the other shows to that that did that groundwork to to kind of pull that off. Um, but at the same time, it did it in a very slapdash fashion, and you know, so I don't think you can really square the Federation of of the original series with the Federation of Discovery. But I think you can square the Federation of Discovery with the Federation of TNG. Yes, I can see that it, it, it is a. It takes the ideals of the Federation from the next generation and says, okay, but it's 2018. There were some, even as wonderful as Captain Picard is, even as we agree that the crew of the Enterprise from TNG is paragons of humanity, and we will be absolutely, completely thrilled if that's what humanity evolves into. Like, if that's what we get, I think that's wonderful. Um but it also recognizes that there are certain flaws, that that show was a product of 1989, and that even though it was looking beyond its generation, there there were, again, for example, they Discovery felt it very necessary to include a gay couple on there as, as, main, as a main cast, uh, as major characters, and that was something that TNG was never able to do. Now, of course, in execu- we'll talk. We could talk about the execution, literally, of Star Trek Discovery's gay couple, but I don't think that's really the point right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe at some point, if we get another gay character too, or trans character, or whatever, we can uh, do another patron special on gay issues in Star Trek or queer issues in Star Trek. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think that you know, again, this is going to be kind of difficult because I'm going to have to obliquely talk about Enterprise, but. You know, Enterprise also had some of the same failings, I think, of like Voyager because it it was very sort of diffuse in its world building. Mm. And Enterprise was also set at a very pivotal point in Star Trek history where uh, it was like 10 years before the founding of the Federation. And it, it, it was expected to do a lot of the groundwork or the heavy lifting to really establish how that happened. And it kind of didn't do that, Um, which, you know. You have to, I mean, you have to engage with Enterprise on its own terms. You can't, like like if, like Voyager, I think you have to engage with it on its own terms. You can't sit there and keep wishing it's a different show or you're going to drive yeah. yourself crazy. Um, but we'll talk about that when we get to Enterprise at, at kind of at the end of the year or, or in 2019. But then you get to, to Discovery. And I think that Discovery is actually much more in line with the Enterprise version of the Federation. Uh, than it is with the TOS version of the Federation, because I think that what Discovery is, is is trying to say, at least in its first season, is that the the Federation was still relatively young. You know, the Federation, if if once again, you know, let's wrap up around and 
and and put this in context with American history because that's kind of what the genesis yeah. of, of the original series worldview was. Um, you know, this is really the Federation at its Civil War moment. This is the Federation at a time of one of its greatest and and probably first real crises. Um, that were internally driven, not externally driven, right? I mean, certainly America had crises before the Civil War, but they were the War of 1812 or the Revolutionary War or something going on with Mexico or Spain, right? I mean, these weren't things that were necessarily driven by the the founding beliefs or, or, or non-thereof yeah. of the Constitution. I mean, the, the Civil War was essentially a, a existential uh, a crisis over whether or not black people were going to be considered people or not. Um, and I think, it, you know, if you look at discovery in that way, if you look at discovery, it's saying, okay, here is the Federation about a hundred years after it was founded at a moment of great existential crisis at a moment where it is threatened for its very existence. Uh, what will it do? And how how do we get to the next generation? You know, how do we get to the Federation of 200 years after it was founded? Um, it was because of the events of discovery. It was because of what was happening at that point. Is that satisfying? Do you buy that? I mean, it's an open question, right? Yeah. And again, I'll, I, I, I think a lot does ride on where Discovery ends up going, I don't feel like I... At the end of Season 1, I don't feel like I have enough information to see, like, okay, well, TNG is eventually... Uh, TOS and TNG are eventually going to grow out of that. I can't necessarily see that, but there are glimmers, and with a creative team that knows what it's doing and has a little more confidence in and of its, in itself, I can see them putting these principles in place and actually buying that because that that was one of the problems that I had with Discovery is that at the end you have Michael Burnham making these great speeches about how we need to stick to our ideals and we are the Federation and we are Starfleet and all of that that it didn't feel that the show had earned yet. Right, because I mean, I made a joke on Twitter at that time where it was like, "Hey, if you like the the dark look at the Federation and sort of questioning the ideals of Star Trek, may I introduce you to a little show called Star Trek: Deep Space Nine?" Yeah, uh, you know, aired between nineteen ninety three and nineteen ninety nine. Because you know, Discovery seems to be really patting itself on the back for doing that, whereas Star Trek: Deep Space Nine already did that. Yeah, and and, and Deep Space Nine very direct. Deep Space Nine pulled from TNG a lot. But that was on the air at the same time, and everybody who was watching DS9 knew they were going to be watching it and was interested in kind of a deeper dive into what the Federation means, into this particular political situation that had been set up, into these conflicts between these species. Um, And yes, I would assume that most of the people who ended up watching Star Trek Discovery were Trekkies, had seen some Trek before. There weren't probably too many people who were brand new to the franchise watching it. Uh, But But isn't that a problem, though? Yeah. I mean, don't you think they want people that are new to the franchise watching it? And that was a big problem that I'd had with the series as well, that it wasn't sure if it was making a deep dive look for hardcore fans or something for new people to watch and because that is part of the reason you do a reboot or a prequel right like that that's why we do that these days we're going to restart this 
We're going to get people who haven't watched any of this into it. We're going to reestablish some stuff. I mean, Discovery missed the reestablishing series. If there had been a series that was establishing the world of the time before the Federation and now you have Discovery telling about this war, I think that's be- that's easier to do. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you because I, I think in a lot of ways, and I think that was some of the, the, the criticisms of Discovery that I resonated with. You know, there were certainly criticisms of Discovery that I felt were unfair. Um, but that, to me, is, is the clearest and probably most relevant uh, criticism of the show, which is that it it wanted to use the setting of Star Trek as a shortcut to get at some... yeah. Uh, you know, to, to get its ideas across about, you know, fill in the blank. Um, but it wasn't, it it hadn't done the groundwork yeah. to do that. Yeah, and, because e- e- even, let's imagine that the original series had been written as a show in the late 90s or even, even today is done. Where, so you're writing a show today, you're going to go more into the world and what everything means and what all of these organizations and factions and things are. Let's pretend that the original series set all of that up. Discovery would be a fine show to be as it was because it would be commenting on that, but none of that was set up. So this is commenting on something that hasn't been built yet in a way. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like coming into this because it, right, it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Like if you're a Trekkie and you like Star Trek and you're very invested in Star Trek, you're going to watch Star Trek Discovery and kind of be like, okay, this is fine, but I already saw this. It was called Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Or you're going to come into it blind, not really knowing much about Star Trek at all, aside from the fact of like maybe the existence of Klingons and Captain Kirk, and watch this and be totally lost and say, what What am I watching? What is the point of any of this? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's driving from plot point to plot point. It's being really broad and what it's trying to say about the Federation. It hasn't really established what the Federation is. And... And that's, again, that's okay. I don't necessarily have a problem with it. TNG didn't sit down and do an episode about what the Federation was, but it also didn't rely on on an understanding of what the Federation was to tell its stories. Yeah, and even DS9 does a lot of the groundwork. Its first season is largely, okay, here's Deep Space Nine, here's Bajor, here's the Cardassians, here is uh, a little more about what's going on in the Federation. Here we're going to learn about the Delta Quadrant. It, it, it's going in – it's setting up these pieces. And so that way in starting more in season two and three, it goes deeper into that. It introduces the Dominion. It gets into the war. Once the war happens, we've had a few seasons of groundwork done. And it, as you've said many times, it doesn't just begin with the war. It sets, it, it sets up the world first. And Discovery doesn't bother with that. It gets us straight into the war. And this is not, I mean, and it's not a, um, it's not an archetypal iconic thing. Like, for example, I'm thinking about Star, let's pretend Star Wars actually did have a plan behind it. They start with episode four because that was the most exciting episode. It's in the middle of the war. It's action. It's stuff happening. Yes, maybe this is the most exciting story in the discovery timeline. Maybe a year or two earlier wouldn't have been as interesting to watch maybe it would have been a much more uh political and 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 show like that but 
I feel it, it really does feel like you're in the middle of something. And again, the way that particular show is structured, where every couple episodes was changing the premise, but. I, I, I worry that we are making this patron special bagging on Discovery again, or at least I am. I really did not like that show. Well, well, I, I think I want to be a little fair to Discovery, and I think, Nita, let, let's let's go back to, to sort of talking a little bit more about, about the Federation, because in terms of what Discovery is doing with the Federation, I mean, aside from the quality of what it's doing, aside from, you know, was it done better in Deep Space Nine, you know, uh, was it done better in TOS? Was it was it done better whenever um, in in you know I don't know you know like comic book fifty nine of the Star Trek DC comic book or something? Oh God, uh, which I've never read and don't intend to. Um, I, I, I it may be heretical for me to say because I I'm on record as as being a Discovery like eh I'm kind of eh on Discovery. Uh, I don't hate it. I don't love it. Um, is that its conception of of the federation is the least problematic element of it to me it makes yeah. sense i don't have a problem with it i think that one of the issues that a lot of people have had with latter day star trek i think us included to some degree is is a little bit of the straitjacketing effect that okay well everything is perfect now how do you tell stories um deep space nine found a way around that by having non-Starfleet characters, yeah. non-Federation characters, and and really, I think, brilliantly using those alien cultures to look at the Federation in a new light that was not possible in the next generation. Uh, Voyager is just kind of avoiding the question entirely, well, which is fair. Yeah, I mean... Deep Space Nine certainly characterizes thy Federation by going into what is not the Federation. And again, the famous root beer monologue and stuff like having, again, Quark and Garrick and all of them exist to show people who don't like the ideals of the Federation and who have reasons to dislike the Federation's way of doing things beyond simple, well, we're evil and we just don't want it to be that way. Even the Dominion has its own reasons for being what it is. Uh... And I would say Voyager is about figuring out what ideals of the Fe- – Voyager, when it's at its best, I should say, uh, is about figuring out what ideals are left behind. What is the core of the Federation that we can – what is the core of being Starfleet uh, that we do not leave behind even when we are as far from that society as we can? What still remains when you don't have the support of it? What values still exist? Uh, it doesn't always hit that note, but I think it does a good job of trying to, at least. Yeah, because I, I think that clarifies something for me, actually. It's a little bit revelatory, because I think that, that one of the interesting things that Discovery is doing, um, in comparison with the, the TNG era of, of the Federation, is you know Discovery is the version of the Federation that's flying around the galaxy going, Hey guys, what's up? We're awesome. We're the Federation. Would you like us? Do you like us? How about now? What do you want? Do you want some candy? Hey, hey, hey. And finding out that not every alien species reacts well to that. And what results, of course, is this horrible Klingon war that almost decimates the Federation. Uh, And then I think that nicely actually slots into the ways in which the Federation has been shown to have changed in the the preceding hundred years where or the succeeding hundred years where TNG is much more of a like chill version of the Federation. You know, it's it's more self-confident. You know, they they like, hey, we're here. 
You want some help? Cool. If not, that's fine too. We're always here for you. See ya. You know, the, well, the Federation in Discovery seems kind of codependent and <laughs> in a way. Well, uh, yeah, because one of the things we keep returning to with Voyager is, well, if this was a TNG episode, Picard would send in a specialist team and they would fix this problem and they would have all the resources of the Federation to go against. And Voyager has to find creative solutions around that because they are one ship in there. But the version of the Federation that's back in the Alpha Quadrant is an extraordinarily powerful version of the Federation. And... Yeah, their confidence comes from the fact that everybody knows who the Federation is, and you don't want to start a war with the Federation because how many societies are in the Federation at this point? Go back to the original series, and it's still a lot more in the frontier. They don't have as much muscle behind them, even less so in Discovery, even less so now that the Federation is the target of the Klingons, who are a little more powerful at this point. Uh The Klingons are a massive existential threat in Discovery in a way that only the Borg is in TNG and only the Dominion is in DS9. And at that point, the Klingons are just kind of there. They are – certainly you don't want them attacking you as happens in that arc in DS9. But for the most part, the Federation can beat anything that comes against it. It takes a massive alliance or some massive, massive – outstripping in technology and firepower to damage it yeah yeah i think that's right because it, it actually what what happens in deep space nine kind of reminds me of of the culture you know the the ian Banks, yes. uh novels because a lot of what i i read i reread consider Phlebas, the the first culture novel um a couple weeks ago and i liked it a lot more the second okay. time i read it incidentally um maybe we'll do a patron special on it at some point uh but it's interesting because there's it it does that it does that science fiction thing where it has um uh what do you call it after a book <laughs> epilogue epilogue yes it 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 does it does that science fiction thing where it has epilogues or appendices that are sort of written as here is what happened in this war yeah. or here is what the culture is you know dune is famous for that for instance um a lot of science fiction does yeah. that. And one of the things that I think was so interesting about uh, uh, the way the culture is represented is very similar to how the Federation is represented in the the Dominion War, that, that both entities are viewed as very benevolent. Both entities are viewed as, as soft by the other alien species and the other alien, uh, you know, polities that are out there, but they miss... They, they misjudge yeah. the Federation and the culture very, very much that the Federation is not soft. The Federation is not weak. The Federation is is very like, you know, live and let live. But if you push them, if you attack them, they are going to do whatever they can to win this war. And they they do it, right? And I think that that's, that's the key difference there between, say, the Federation of the Discovery Era and the Federation yeah. of the Deep Space Nine Era. The Federation of the Discovery Era is much less, is, is much less confident in itself, and, and it leads to really bad decisions and really bad outcomes, frankly. Yeah, the Federation of Discovery seems like a violent teenager who hasn't been able to focus anything and is just kind of lashing out and yes you know this is going to hurt the people who are hurting me and 
the next generation version is a much more grown up, a much cooler version of it. It is ca- speaking softly and carrying a big stick at that point. It is recognizing that there are better ways of winning a, a conflict and that the, the Federation of Discovery lets its emotions get the better of it sometimes. Let's it's yeah, and that's not to say that the the, the, yeah, and I I mean, I think that's not to say that the Federation of Deep Space Nine also doesn't do that. I mean, I think that you know, for example, like the the um the changeling virus, for instance, you know, that that the Federation uh developed, you know, um, but ultimately did not uh you know put out in the world, uh. Is is a very clear. I mean, I think that I would be very shocked if that wasn't an influence on the, um, you know, the season finale yeah. of Discovery, where they were going to like basically blow up the Klingon homeworld. <laughs> uh, but doesn't it seem to you like uh, there are more isolated incidents in Discovery? Yes, we have Earth taken over by a bit of a fascist movement for a while, but that's just kind of this particular group, and we fix it, and the Federation. You know, Starfleet recognizes that this was an aberration, and yes, they tried to do this virus against the changelings, but that get, but ultimately recognized, you know, ultimately the majority of the Federation recognized this is not what we want to do. This is not how we want to be. It seems a lot more down to Michael Burnham in the in Discovery. It seems like everybody else around her is go is going crazy. All of the admirals are thinking of horrible ways to win this war because they need to win it at all cost and Burnham and the people around her are the level heads which have to prevail and which do prevail and which I would say ultimately lead to the cooler heads prevailing for the most part in Starfleet yeah and I I mean again I don't want to get on word too much of analyzing discovery but I, I do think that if you look also at discovery as an analog or as a as a um, metaphor for the Trump era of America, I think you see some some different resonances there, and I'll just leave yeah. it at that because I don't think we need to belabor that point. But I do think there's some of that as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. Obviously, all of these shows come from the historical era in which they were made. Just wait until next month when we talk about Star Trek Intrepid. The seventh Star Trek show that's first started airing in 2023. No, I have no idea. I hope it's the sequel series to DS9 and that I'm allowed to create it because, boy, do I have ideas. You're going to have to move to L.A., my friend. I don't think you're going to want to do that. I'd have to get my teeth done and get headshots. Yeah, you're a writer. You can get away with it. It's fine. Everybody has headshots in L.A. That's what I read somewhere. All right. Well, I think that's it for this patron special. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I think Richard hoped you enjoyed it as well. I don't know. I don't know why I said I and not we. Uh, I had a terrible time. (laughs) Well, whether or not you had a terrible time doesn't have any impact on whether or not the listeners. I thought you were saying I hoped you, meaning me, enjoyed it instead of what you should have said me, meaning you. No, (laughs) no. Look, I am learning French, and the pronouns are very difficult, but that has not translated over into my English yet. All right. Well, I think that's it for this patron special. Thank you again very much. We do appreciate your support each and every month. It makes this podcast possible. I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you. We love you. Well, uh, next month's patron special, uh, we decided to do another movie because it's been a little while since we've done a movie. We did Blade Runner in February. Now it's May, or it will be May. Uh, We're going to be doing the movie Contact. Oh, 
<gasps> Isn't that fun? Oh, but you know, we're podcasters, and they should have sent a poet to do that movie. Eh? 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 